Hello, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Ramiz. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, again, another kind of quiet week in the NBA in terms of, like, nothing super-duper exciting going on in terms of the games. In terms of off-court stuff in the James Harden trade, very exciting. Incredibly exciting, actually. It's going down. This was a yeah, it was a good week off the court for sure. Uh, yep. Well, interesting week, I should say. Not not necessarily good, but very <laughs> no. interesting. Yeah, but if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on everything that happened with James Harden, we put up an episode uh, on the day that it happened. So that was what, like three days ago now, or something like that. Um, yep. So yeah, go check that out. It's the most recent one on your podcast feed. But yeah, we're back with another weekly episode here, recapping everything that's happened in the NBA from this past week, except for the James Harden trade. Um, so let's get started with our news roundup. So another very big week for COVID. In fact, this is actually kind of scary. So we had uh, 10 games that were postponed based on five uh, different teams with the Suns, Celtics, Pelicans, Wizards, and Timberwolves all having games postponed. Is this season heading towards a shutdown, do you think? Um, it's definitely creeping towards it. Um, I'm not sure if we get there, but um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of games being missed at the moment, which is scary. And I know the NBA forecasted this before the season. That's why they sort of allowed so much time between, you know, the second half of the season and the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting how the rest of this first half goes because, yeah, right now there's a lot of spread between teams. And the NBA recently came back with uh, more tough, strict, whatever you want to call it, um, COVID protocols for the team. So I don't think there's handshakes now between teams. Teams pretty much have to leave the court. Yeah, I mean, well, between opposing teams, I think people on the same team can, but I think they have to leave the court immediately now. yeah, team meetings in hotels are restricted to like 10 minutes or something and they can't go out for dinner anymore and stuff like that. So a whole bunch of stuff that's, um, yeah, you know, come up after the, all these games have been missed. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously also seen a lot of players really dissenting to this sort of, um, I guess, crackdown on them. A couple of guys have broken COVID protocols. Kyrie Irving potentially, was that confirmed? Did Kyrie Irving break COVID protocol? Uh, I don't think it's been confirmed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, Kyrie. I don't. Th- I don't think he's been hit with a penalty. Yeah, and I don't. I don't remember who it was, but I think it was a Pacers player also saying like, you know, we're not dogs or whatever, or they're not our parents or whatever. They can't tell us what to do. Um, oh, that was uh, George Hill. Um, George Hill. Yeah, we're saying we're grown men. You can't tell us what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've seen a lot of players not very happy about this i mean i kind of get it in the sense that like telling them you can't shake hands with your opponents which makes no sense because you can still be on the court with your hands on your opponents and breathing down their necks um yeah i yeah i don't really see what it does but if it's a pr thing it's not a great pr thing <laughs> yeah i don't know i we did see a lot of after game handshakes and stuff and you're right they have played an entire game on top of each other so i don't know you know why is that the 
how is that going to stop anything really? But I don't know. I guess it's something at least. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that is going to lessen the COVID spread at all. Uh, and no. Kyrie did get fined for breaking COVID protocols, by the right. way. So he was, yeah. Right. Uh, but, uh, we also... Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, he's been found guilty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the NBA's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also saw, unfortunately, a couple of players contracted uh, COVID-19. Uh, Michael Poy Jr., which we were talking about last week, I believe it is confirmed that he did contract COVID-19, which is why um, he did have to go into another quarantine after his um, 10-day quarantine or whatever it was. Uh, but more, much, much more, unfortunately, uh, Carly Towns, who has lost seven family members to the virus already, contracted COVID-19. This is rough. Not only for him, this cannot be good for his mindset and his mental health, um, but also the Timberwolves, their season's done now. Yeah, I mean, he's already got a dislocated wrist and now he's, you know, out for longer. But also, yeah, mentally this must be a big, you know, a big hindrance to him mentally for both him and his family who, yeah, as you said, have lost so much um, during COVID. Um, obviously his mother and then, yeah, six other family members. So, you know, Kat's already talked about how he's he's not the same person he was last season, you know, after the loss of his mother and his family members. So this, yeah, this is only making it worse for him. I think, I, you know, my heart goes out for Kat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just terrible for the Timberwolves because like they're already three and eight. Let's say he's out for another two weeks and let's say they play in those two weeks, um, six, seven games. It's not, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost every one of them. And then, you know, if you're down three and 15, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've yeah they've been pretty terrible without Cat, obviously. But um, yeah, losing for more time and it's it does look like it might be a bit of a wrap for them already. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the main kind of guy who contracted the virus this week. But yeah, just very unfortunate week in terms of all this contact tracing. That's why the Suns haven't been playing, I believe, because of contact tracing, ongoing contact tracing with the Wizards. I don't know if any Suns player actually has the virus. Uh, yeah, I think they're all just sort of. Someone on the Wizards must have contracted it because every team that, you know, since the Suns have played the Wizards, uh, they haven't played a game this week. They've missed like three games um, this week after playing the Wizards. So someone on the Wizards must have contracted it because it seems like pretty heavy uh, virus protocols for the Suns right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure who on the Wizards got it. There might have been some news on that, but yeah. Um... Yeah, I I don't really have much more to say on COVID. I I don't want to dwell on it too much just because this is going to be a weekly thing. Yeah, yeah, we're going to bring you your weekly COVID update, it feels like, um, unfortunately. But yeah, pretty much it's been... I feel like like this is the first week of it hitting hard. I mean, last week we had a few cases, but the games weren't being postponed like they are now, it didn't feel like. No, no, not at all. Um, I do wonder, you know, if they do... start like risking um not risking playing games with like guys who have contracted COVID but like risking playing games with fewer than eight players if they change that up a little bit just because I think there's only a certain number of games that you can postpone um at at a point it's just going to be too many uh to make off yeah that is true I mean yeah I mean yeah you've only got so much time between this first half of the season the second half of the season of which we haven't even got a schedule yet um yeah, if you're going to be missing 
yeah, 10 games every week or up to 15 games every week, then yeah, that's a, that's too much to make up. Yeah. Um, the, the league is also talking a little bit about um, expanding rosters or at least adding a third two-way contract spot. So for those who don't know, a two-way contract is a guy who plays in the G League, but I think he could play, um, or I think he could be with the main team for, I want to say it's up to 40 days, is it? Something like that? 40 or 60, but yeah. I think it's like 45-ish around there. Um, but yeah, they think of adding a third uh, two-way roster spot for teams. So, you know, if they have a few guys go out to COVID, you can bring your two-ways um, up from the G League. Except I don't really see how that works, especially if they're playing in the G League in a different city to where you are. Let's say you're on a road trip and they're back home playing in the G League. I think the G League is starting back up very, very soon. Um, they're playing in some kind of bubble, I believe. Yeah, the G League's going into a bubble anyway, so I don't know if you can call guys up and then have them, you know, just call them up whenever you want. Because um, when they get back, um, they're going to have to quarantine for their G League team anyway. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's a tricky situation right now. We've, yeah, we've seen a few guys talk about how they should just extend roster spots altogether. And I think, I don't know if that solves the problem. I think that just might lead to more COVID cases more than anything. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it does kind of sound almost fun having a couple of, like, freelancer kind of guys where it's just like, yeah, you're now on our team. Um, You haven't been in the league for a few years. You know, you can see a comeback from a few guys who have been out of the league for a little while. Um, Like, you know, say in Isaiah Thomas or even, I don't know, someone who's playing in China, Ty Lawson. Shout out Ty Lawson. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, could be, you could potentially see some comebacks from uh, some guys like that, which could be interesting uh, if they do expand roster spots to have, like, two, three more per team, you know, that's an extra 60 to 90 players. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Crawford also comes to mind. I'd love uh, to see him yeah. back again. Um, but yeah, that stuff like that would be fun, but I don't know how, if, I don't know if that really helps the, the COVID situation at the moment. No, I doubt it. Um, anything else you want to add on COVID? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, well, speaking of other guys who kind of can't play, we talked a little bit about the Wizards. The Wizards, unfortunately, have suffered a few pretty bad injuries. Um, in this past week. So obviously the week started with Thomas Bryant tearing his ACL. I think that's three straight weeks. We've had some guy tear his ACL, which is just incredibly disappointing. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, a young, fairly athletic, bigger guy. And ACL, like you've said the past couple of weeks, it's not a career ending injury, but this is going to be rough um, for him. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit different with bigger guys. Um yeah, it's not career ending, but it definitely isn't a great sign. Um, because he's he's what six eleven, maybe seven foot, and yeah, you're right. He relies on his athleticism, um, to roll to the hoop and stuff like that. Um, yeah, big loss for the Wizards, who are already sort of short staffed when it comes to bigs on this team. Um, to lose your starting center and a guy who gave you valuable minutes and production, um, doesn't bode well for their already disappointing season so far. Yeah, and the injury to Russell Westbrook also does not help. So he's out three to four weeks with a quad injury. You wrote this one, Dad. Do you want to take us through it? Yeah, he re-aggravated a, his quad injury with, that he had from the bubble um, last season, I'm pretty sure. He, it was initially ruled uh, one to two weeks, and then something went wrong with his rehab, and it's extended out to three to four weeks now. So that's just, yeah, terrible news for the Wizards and Beal and, you know, this, I don't know. We talked about the Timberwolves thing, season being over. If it's just Beal and, you know, the rest of those Wizards guys, this 
yeah, this could nosedive pretty quickly. Um, Very quickly, yeah. So this, you know, if they don't stay afloat here, this could be you know, the end of their season too. I mean, what do you qualify as afloat? They're 3-8. They're they have the same record as the Wolves at this point. I think their season's I mean, kind of done, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you'd want them to go, you know, if they're going 500 over the next couple of weeks, that'd be an improvement for them. So, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is very tough at the moment for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't really see the Wizards. It's weird that we're kind of ruling teams out already. Um but yeah, I think that's kind of what you have to do at this point. Um, with a, with just with some of these teams and so many injuries, it's so, oh, it's just too much. Too many players out. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, on top of that, we've also got uh, Yusuf Nurkic has suffered a broken wrist. I'm not sure how long he's out for. I think it's like a couple months. Again, uh, really sucks. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, eight weeks, so about two months. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, also pretty terrible news. Um, you know, it hasn't you know, been having a fantastic season. Yeah, he just kind of came back during the bubble. Um, had, wasn't having a great season so far this season, but still an important piece for the Blazers team. Um, yeah, it seems like all the injuries we've had are pretty big ones so far. Yeah, I mean, for, this... te- for the respective teams. Yeah, like like you said, the Blazers have been struggling, especially defensively, which is weird because I thought they'd be better um, defensively with Dirk. Now it looks like Enes Kanter could be taking that starting center role, which is not going to help their defense at all. Um, but this could kind of be a little bit of a blessing in a sense that it'll help rotations a bit. I know that's weird to say, but like a lot of teams... I've, I've noticed a lot of teams are really struggling getting their rotations right early in the season just because of how many guys are in and out of lineup. When you have a guy that's out for a couple of months, at least you can build your rotations without him. I know that sounds kind of almost morbid in a sense, um, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, they haven't got a whole lot of bigs to play with. You're right, they got Cantor's likely to start, and then they've got Harry Giles and, you know, Zach Collins. Uh, coming off the bench. So, you know, at least some guys who can play there, but yeah, not as good as Nurk, uh, Nurk obviously. But um, yeah, maybe that helps them sort things out a little bit. But obviously, you want that, you want to sort it out with Nurk preferably, especially when he's going to be back for the playoffs and he's an important part of your team. Yeah. Um, you could see more minutes for Melo, which would be nice. I mean, Melo's, say what you will about Melo's defense, he's an aggressive rebounder. I'll tell you that much. Uh, he'll regularly <laughs> tell you to F out of here. <laughs> a verbal rebounder, that's for sure. Yes, a ver- very verbal rebounder. So, yeah, we could see a bit more mellow, which would be nice. But, yeah, really sucks for Nurk, um, especially just because he's just come back from his injury. Uh, his uh, broken leg or something like that. Yeah, no. Um, he's a big dude. You know, I he's not the kind of guy where I would look at him and be like, this guy gets injured a lot. It's like, this guy's massive and solid. But, yeah. Yeah, they've, yeah. a lot of breaks for Nurk, unfortunately. Um, maybe he needs to... I don't know, lose a bit of weight or something, but um, skinny Nurk, we should see, we should say skinny yeah. Nurk come back, but um, yeah. obviously with the wrist, that's a bit of a freak injury, and he should be right when he comes back, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other kind of news we have here is Karis Levert, who was just traded to the Pacers, did not technically pass his physical because they found some kind of a mass on his left kidney. It could be benign, hopefully it's benign, but, you know, a mass on an internal organ sounds scary, even if it isn't necessarily going to be. 
Um, so the Nets ended up, I believe, adding another second round pick uh, in with him and maybe some cash just to make up for the fact that he will very likely miss some time while they sort while they sort this out. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully it's nothing, but we don't know as of yet. Yeah, so right now it's just seeing what comes from this. But yeah, the Pacers received another second round pick and yeah, a couple of million dollars or whatever it was. But um, yeah, hopefully you're right. It's nothing for Levert, but it is scary sounding right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and now you've got one last piece of news here. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas um, seems to be getting some NBA interest. Um, as we heard from him before the season started, that he's 100% healthy for the first time in the last couple of years. Um, it looks like all these injuries and all this COVID stuff, uh, some teams are looking for some you know, quality point guard play, hopefully, at Isaiah. So, yeah, hopefully he gets a deal soon, and it'll be good to have him back in the league. He's such a yeah. you know a fan favorite player, um, a pro's pro. Yeah, it's just, it'll just be good to have him back out there again. Have we heard which teams are showing some interest? Uh, I don't know if we got any teams, uh, exp- you know, named, but um, apparently there's a fair few teams interested in bringing him back. Yeah, I mean, just take a take a flyer on him, sign for a veterans minimum. Probably just a good locker room guy to have around. Um, and yeah, like like I was saying before, if they do expand roster spots, he's definitely going to get at least something. He'd be at the top of most teams' lists, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add? Any other news you've heard? Um, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to one big question. So this is the segment where we talk about a few different teams uh, that played this week and just kind of ask one big question about their week, their season, just something interesting about them. So the first team we want to talk about here is uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. So this week they went 2-2, two and two, including a loss just like 20 minutes ago to the Grizzlies. Um, they're 9 and now 5 on the season. This week they beat the Heat twice and then they lost to the Hawks and the Grizzlies. Um, they're tied for the fourth best defensive rating of the season is what you've put here. Um, but yeah, my big question is, are they legit contenders or is Joel Embiid just playing out of his mind and will he come back to earth? Because right now, Joel Embiid is playing incredibly well. Like we, we've said over the past couple of years that Joel Embiid can be kind of lazy. He takes some not so smart shots. He needs to kind of just buckle down on the court and spend less time, you know, being Joel Troel Embiid or whatever his Twitter name is. Um, he needs to stop trolling people essentially. And it seems like he's done that. He seems to have really, really buckled down. So I actually have a question. I, I kind of have an over-under for you, Dylan, here. Um, over-under on the number of big men that finish top three in MVP voting this season. Line is one and a half. One and a half. Okay. So if we look at, you know, at the top of MVP ballots right now, we've got Embiid, Jokic, um... Do you do you consider Giannis a big man? <laughs> yeah, I would uh, consider Giannis a big man. You know, throw. Okay. Yeah, and you've also got potentially Anthony Davis and maybe Sabonis if the paces look even better later on the season. He could also be up there. Yeah, Obviously, kind of challenging, kind of challenging yeah. like LeBron, Luca. Yeah, I don't know who the I, I I don't know who which guards are sort of MVP front runners right now. I guess Steph's got a fair. Fair case going at the moment. Um, Luca, I guess, but he's been a little bit disappointing so far. 
Um, and then obviously LeBron. Um, one and a half, so right down the middle. I'd go the over right now. If I, yeah. yeah, I think I'd have Jokic and Embiid in my MVP yeah. belts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd take the over right now, but you're right. Embiid's just been putting up crazy numbers. He looks locked in. Um, what's he averaging? 25, 11 and a half, three assists, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's, that's my stat here. So that's a very uncommon stat line. And he's doing it in only 31.3 minutes, which is by far the fewest minutes of anyone who has put up that kind of a stat line. 25, 11 and a half, three, one and a half, and one and a half. Uh, he's also doing it uh, while shooting fifty, almost 54% for the field, which is the third highest of all guys have done this. And I'll read the names to you of guys have done this. Kareem, Hakeem. Bob McAdoo, Anthony Davis, David Robertson, Kevin Garnett, Carvalho, DeMarcus Cousins. Almost every one of those guys has won an MVP. Um, except uh, yeah. Cousins and Anthony Davis, I believe, are the only ones who haven't. And Anthony Davis very well could. So, yeah. Very elite company, very elite numbers. Is he just kind of putting the team on his back? Because Ben Simmons is having kind of a rough season. Tobias Harris is playing fine. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting seeing, you know, will he come back down to earth or will, you know, some of his teammates kind of take on more of the load. Is this a fluke? I don't know. I don't think so, but it could be. Yeah, I feel like this is here to stay, um, at least for this season. Um, the, like, the team has been really good. Uh, it hasn't, you know, obviously Embiid's been leading them, but it hasn't just been Embiid, you know, going, doing everything himself for this team. They've had some very quality, quality wins. Um, and yeah, I've got here that their preferred starting lineup of uh, Simmons, Danny Green, uh, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and Embiid are outscoring opponents by 15 points uh, per 100 possessions so far this season in uh, the eight great, games yeah. that they've started together. Which, yeah, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the talent on this team works a bit better now, uh, I guess. Um, Tobias Harris, it's helped that he's been playing good. Um, but obviously Embiid and, yeah, you're right, Simmons hasn't had a great season so far, but he's still been no quality. Um, Embiid's definitely the MVP of this team, maybe of the league so far. But I think that, that you know the Sixers team, they might not be you know in the Nets and Bucks category of contenders, but I think they're right up there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, now, what's your question? My big question is whether the Simmons trade rumors sort of ruin all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we heard in the early on in the um, Harden sweepstakes that Simmons was the preferred target for the Rockets. We've been hearing it ever since, you know, Harden wanted out of Houston. And then apparently it came pretty close um, the other night before, you know, the Rockets changed directions and went with the Nets deal. Um, And, you know, apparently he's happy to be in Philadelphia rather than Houston. But, you know, having your name floated out there for so long might, you know, does that cause distrust between him and the Sixers front office? And, you know, does that lead to any sort of trouble down down the line? Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I feel like Ben Simmons is professional enough to kind of look past that. You know, it's it's the business of the league. Honestly, if your name's in trade talks with, like, as a, you know, you're the main piece for a trade for one of the best guys in the league, you know, it's almost a compliment in a sense. Um, but yeah, no, I think... You know, he said he was very happy that he didn't end up getting traded. I think that's a good sign that, like, yeah, he's just willing to look past these. Like, I don't want to be traded because I want to stay here and I want to keep winning. 
Yeah, that's what I thought too, that it is a good sign that um, he wants to be there. He doesn't feel, hopefully he doesn't feel slighted by it because you're right, being the focal point of a trade for an MVP and one of the you know best guys of the decade, well, since since 2000 is, you know, pretty high elite, you know, uh, and a value for your skills. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully this doesn't, derail a pretty fun and exciting and promising sixes start but i don't know there's always that potential you know where a guy who you know obviously there hasn't been the greatest chemistry between him and Embiid already um whether that plays a factor as well but um yeah 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 no i agree i think sixes are looking just fantastic joel Embiid is currently my vp pick i think it's kind of like his to lose at this point i feel like Jokic could steal it if the nuggets start to win a lot more games but yeah i'd say you know this it's a good year for big men and good on Joel Embiid because he's he struggled. Um, I think he was saying like he felt slighted that he didn't make All NBA team last uh, and All NBA team last year. Like he was saying, oh, how did Rudy Gobert make it over me? That was just a few weeks ago, and yeah, he's proving that he is an All NBA or MVP caliber kind of guy. Yeah, he's he's playing like he's pissed off, which is good. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the Celtics here. So we're sticking kind of with the top of the East. Um, they only played one game this week, so they went 1-0, uh, beating the Magic. All their other games were postponed. They're now 8-3 of the season. My question is, could they stay as the first seed? It seems possible. You know, they've it's... played very well. They've got... Uh, they're weirdly deep. Like, I know we were talking about in our, like, season preview that they kind of lack depth at their wing positions, but that hasn't mattered so far, really. I yeah, I could see them, you know, having a better season than the Bucks, at least at the regular season. Uh yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know yeah, like before we sort of jumped on, I didn't realise that the Celtics were the the one seed at the moment. Um now they haven't played as many games as some of these other teams, but you know, they look yeah, they look good. Paint Pritchard has been a bit of a revelation out of the twenty whatever the pick he was um so far. He's been productive and he's, you know, He's had a game winner for them already. He's hit some big shots. Um, yeah, it's, you know, Jason Tatum's been pretty unreal. Um, I'll show you a stat there if you wanted to read that out, but Jason Tatum's having a historically unique season at them. Yeah, yeah. So his current season average of points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks with a 43 point percentage is unique all time. No one else has ever put up his current stat line. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I probably should have written those down. But his current stat line with his three-point percentage is unique all time. So he's having a very, very good season. Yeah, right now he's averaging 27, four assists, seven rebounds, a steal, nearly a block on pretty low turnovers at the moment. Um, And shooting, yeah, unreal percentages. Um, So yeah, he's been... But Jalen Brown at times has looked maybe even more impressive. Um, You know, he's, he's putting up 25 a game at the moment. And uh, obviously, solid defensively, still awesome percentages, shooting forty-two percent from three on two makes a game, two and a half. Um, yeah, both of these guys have been really leading this team, and you know, haven't missed Kemba as much so far um, as I thought they might have. They're still getting enough production. Now they're not sharing the ball uh, quite a lot. I saw that they're towards the bottom of the league in all sorts of assist metrics and stuff like that so they're playing a pretty iso heavy but right now it's working for them and um yeah the two guys that you give the ball to are 
getting the numbers. So it's, you know, it's translated to winning so far. It's good. Yeah. Also, just one thing on Peyton Pritchard really quickly. Uh, when we did my rookie prediction thing, Peyton Pritchard was my fourth-ranked point guard. Um, I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so he's up there. He's up there. Um, yeah. So well, what's your big question? Uh, my big question is whether this COVID spell will hinder them or hurt them. Um, obviously, they've been pretty elite so far in the season. So hindering them, this could you know, this could slow their role right now. They haven't played in a week. This could go further into the future as their whole team seems pretty COVID riddled at the moment. Maybe not with confirmed cases, but at least with protocols keeping guys out. Um, yeah, they're missing a lot of games, which sort of leads to the rest versus rust argument, you know. Is it good that they're getting a break so early in the season, or are they missing, you know, valuable time on the court playing with each other, getting used to each other, getting ready for the playoffs? Um, or you know, it could help them by they've got a few injuries amongst their uh, their COVID cases, and um, obviously Kemba Walker hasn't played so far this season with a knee injury. This sort of gives them more time to hopefully play more games with him uh, later in the season. Gives them more time to get healthy, and apparently he's nearing return i don't know if he's going to be back any time soon but he's getting closer he's working his way back so yeah it could you know their covid spell right now could go either way for them i think it's it'll be interesting to see which way it goes yeah i don't think you really need to worry about um kind of hot streaks as much this season just because a lot of teams are going to be struggling with that same sort of stuff i think you know if you have a bit of time to get your best guys healthy i think that would be a little bit better it'll take a little bit of time for you know things to sort of you know, um, get back into form once they get back. But I, I wouldn't really worry about, you know, losing momentum sort of thing because every team's going to be struggling with momentum this season. Yeah, that is true. There's going to be a lot of stop and start for teams. So I guess, you know, get it out of the way early, hopefully, <laughs> for the Celtics. Um, yeah. But, and yeah, giving Kemba as much time is important because a knee injury to a guy who relies a lot on his athleticism and his speed um, could be scary if he's not coming back 100%. So, yeah, I think as much time for Kemba is probably the move, but I I could see that this maybe takes a toll on them when they come back and maybe why they don't get the first seed is because they come back a bit rusty after not playing so long. Yeah, yeah. All right, anything else you want to add to the Celtics? Uh, I think that's it. All right, let's get to the other, uh, one of the other top teams in the East here in the Bucks. So, they went 3-0 on the week. They beat the Mavs, Pistons, and Magic. They're 9-4 of the season. And they are just looking about as good as they did last season. The only difference there, to me, is that Giannis is playing slightly worse statistically. And I guess their win percentage is a bit lower than it was last season, I believe. Uh, about a 70 win percentage. I think they were higher last season. My question is, is Giannis having a little bit of a slow start, or is that just he doesn't need to do as much because Chris Milton is stepping up. Andrew Holiday is there now. Um, Chris Milton is shooting up about 50% for the first time in his career, which is phenomenal. That's exactly what you want from your second star. Um, I didn't realize he hadn't shot over 50% before, but yeah, this is really impressive how big of a jump he's had. He's had. He's like having a very quietly uh, good season. Yeah, I, I think... Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, I take on a lot more of the load. So Giannis doesn't need to worry as much. It's hurting his stats a little bit. And I, uh, he's not in my MVP picks. He's he's probably in like the 5-6 range now. Um, but yeah, I just think 
statistically maybe a little bit worse. Maybe their team's a little bit worse, but I think that might also be a good sign that they're more ready for the playoffs because they have these guys that are stepping up. Yeah, I mean, I was having a look earlier. I think Giannis is only taking one less shot per game um, than last season. But yeah, he's shooting, you know, a bit less percentage-wise. But I think it is just that other guys have stepped up and taken on the load a bit more. Um, Drew's taking a few more shots than Eric Bledsoe was last season for them. So I think that plays a role. And yeah, I think it's it, I think it's more that Giannis can relax a little bit with Middleton being, yeah, as you say, on fire at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too uh, worried about, you know, Giannis having a slow start or anything like that. I mean, they've, they're still the best offense in the league at the moment <laughs> um, and still pretty good defensively. They're the second best net rating in the league at plus 10. Um, so, yeah, they're still cruising to victory every night pretty easily. But, yeah, I'm not too – I don't think – I'm not worried about Giannis at all. I think it's just he's got a better supporting crew at the top. His bench, you know, the Bucks bench scares me a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the top, they've got three guys that can all handle the ball, all get buckets. Yeah, they've got star depth, I guess. Um, maybe not yeah. full depth. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, star depth. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, what's your question? Uh I mean, it might be a bit too early to ask, but are they better than the Nets? Uh, uh, yeah, obviously, after this huge Nets trade where they acquired James Harden, are they still the favorite in the East? Um, before, I mean, before they got Harden, that might have even been a question. But um, yeah, I think, because obviously these are the two top teams right now, I'd say, the two favorites heading out of the East. I think the Celtics are still a little bit below until they show it and show it for a full season. Um, that they're the you know number one seed or anything like that. The Sixers have still got questions to ask come playoff time, and then you know teams like the Heat have been disappointing, and the Raptors so far have been disappointing. So right now it's the Bucks and the Nets for me at the top of the East, and I don't know. I feel like <clears throat> the star talk about star depth. The Nets have got star depth in Spades. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the Bucks seem like a more complete team, I guess, and they've been they've been together for longer, but. You know, it's sort of Giannis isn't even the best player of the series. And then we go to Middleton and um, Drew and they're what, four and five in that matchup. So, yeah, five and six in that matchup. Five and six, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It could be could be another season cut off early for them, but another disappointing season. But that's the real big question is like, can they – I think that – I don't know. I feel like they need to make a move, but I don't think they have any sort of move to make with the pieces they still have on that team. I don't think so either. It's like what, I guess the only thing I could think of is you go out and trade Middleton for like, I don't know, Bradley Beal or something. Um, yeah. Like other than that, I don't really see what they could do. I don't think, you know, their bench depth is really a problem. I know we just said they're not super deep, but like ultimately I think, uh, I don't think they're better than that. And that comes down to star power. They've got Giannis who's first, second best player of, you know, the six stars that would be in that series. But then, yeah, I mean, Middleton is a good season, but then Drew Holiday is kind of like a third-tier kind of star, um, whereas, you you know, the Nets have two, maybe even three, you know, top-tier kind of stars. So, I don't know. I feel like they're not that... They can't... You know, they're not going to be as good as the Nets. I think they can challenge them, 
but they're not as good. I mean, we've only seen one Nets game with James Harden so far, and that was earlier today. I didn't love what I saw from the Nets, but they did, you know, they took care of business, they handled the magic. Maybe it's just, Harden did look a little bit out of place there, but, you know, it's his first game with the team. That doesn't, you know, surprise me all that much. I think if the Nets get it going, I, I can't see the Bucks beating them. You know, the Bucks lost to the Heat, a very good team basketball team last year. If the Nets can kind of put together a team basketball kind of culture, the Bucks are screwed. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it does feel like that. Um, you know, the one thing is that the Bucks are currently the best offense. The Nets are nowhere close to the best defense. But, um, you know, in a, in a playoff series, to me, it always comes down to who has the best player in the series. And I think Durant's the best player in this series. Um, you know, having Middleton and Holiday there helps, but come playoff time, I don't see either of those guys averaging more than what, 15 a game. Um, whereas on the Nets, I could see three guys easily averaging over 25 for a playoff series. Maybe not all together, yeah. but, you know, if if they were on their own Which teams, easily. To, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a... And, you know, usually we talk about the Bucks as a complete team. You know, they were playing 11 guys in the playoffs every game last season. But right now, it doesn't feel... I don't, I don't trust... I don't know if I trust their whole team to play big playoff minutes for me. And... Um, yeah, so it feels like the Bucks need to make a move to stay at the top of the East. Uh, you're right, a Bradley Beal move would maybe shift the needle for them, but for middle, I don't know what sort of deal he'd give up. It'd be what Milton and Divincenzo. Can they give up any more picks? Like, I don't. I don't know, know if they're. I don't know if they're legally like per league rules allowed to do that. So, yeah, um, you can. You have to have at least one first round pick every second year. Um, so, don't know. Um, unless it's in a swap, but yeah, it's. It's tough right now for the, for the you know the Bucks. Obviously, they're having a great season, but I think they're obviously looking ahead to a to a title, and I don't know if they're going to get that this season with what the Nets just put together. No, no, I I wouldn't pick them, and I wouldn't pick them over the Lakers either, even if they made it out of the East. Um, yeah. So yeah, rough. R- this is rough for the Bucks, but like I don't know if this season is finals or bust. I feel like this season is definitely conference finals and a competitive series or bust. Well, uh, yeah, they're lucky they got that Giannis extension. I'll say that much because if, uh, yeah, I feel like if they didn't see that extension, it would definitely be finals or bust at least, you know? Yeah. Giannis is a, is a winner. He wants to be a winner. Um, I don't know how much more he can take of, you know, conference losses, never mind finals losses. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you wanted to add on the Bucks? All right, let's move on to our final team here. Let's shift over to the West with the Suns, another team that struggled a lot with COVID this week. They only played one game and they lost to the Wizards, uh, but they're still 7-4 of the season. My question is, what's their ceiling? Because, I don't know, They it feels like they're winning more games than they should, and that's, kinda, that's almost like the Chris Paul effect, I think. Um, but, like, I think Chris Paul just makes this team so much more complete and has made this team so much more complete that it feels like they're just way more in control. Even if the score is really tight, they just feel super in control. Um, and my kind of stat for that is, so last season, Devin Booker scored under 20 in 20% of the games he played. Uh, this season, he's only done it once in 11 games, so 9%. And in that game, it was a 25-point blowout anyway. So had it not been, he might have got it to 20 if he really needed to. You know, it feels like the Suns could really be challenging for like a 
two, three seed if they keep this up. I mean, yeah, they've come out of the gates um, a lot hotter than I thought they would. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know how this team would blend together um, at the start of the season. You know, I thought it'd take a bit of time without adding such a major piece of Chris Paul. But you know, they've come out of the gates red hot. You know, seven and four is pretty impressive. Maybe even better if they get to play any of their games this week. Um, but yeah, you're right. You, you just trust them more with Chris Paul there. He's you know he's he's a veteran. He's an all-time point guard, um, and he's still looking. He's still looking like Chris Paul. He doesn't look like he's dropped off the cliff, even at his age. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just seem like a more competent basketball team, I guess. Um, their ceiling is the question, though. You know, in terms of the regular season, sure, we could see them in, you know, with the playoff um, home court, whatever that worth is worth come playoff time. But um, it's sort of in the playoffs where that that question becomes a bit more difficult to answer for me. Right, as in, like, what's their ceiling in the playoffs? So, yeah, I mean, I guess in my head, I can see them as, like, a 2-3 seed in the regular season, but I don't see them as a conference finals team. In fact, I'm not yeah, even exactly. sure if I see them as, like, a good second round team. I see them as a team that should make the second round. I don't know if they're a team that does well in the second round, though. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some teams behind them that could give them a scare in the playoffs come that second round. You know, they've got to go through the Lakers, Clippers, um, Nuggets will surely turn it around. Um, you know, teams like the Trailblazers the and the Mavericks will be in. Yeah. Jazz playing really well so the, far. Yeah, the Jazz, if they keep this up. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the West is always stacked, but there's some serious teams to go through if they want to be a conference finalist, um, which, you know, would be... I was going to say it'd be a first, but he has made it. it. It'd nearly be a first for Chris Paul, who's only been there once before. Never mind Devin Booker, who's never made the playoffs. So, you know, Chris Paul's obviously a veteran. He's been in a bunch of playoff games. But, um, yeah, the playoffs is where there's, these questions become a bit more, a bit harder to answer for me. Um, and that sort of leads into my question is, you know, which way they go in the playoffs is can they get their stars to work together? Because right now... They're kind of not, even though they're winning games. It's really sort of bench combinations with uh, their three, one, you know, a couple of their three stars sitting that seem to get leads for them at the moment. Because right now, um, yeah, their three main main guys aren't really working together. Um, I've just got a stat here of the ten three man lineups for the Suns that have played over two hundred minutes. Uh, CP three, Aiton, and Booker have the worst net rating uh, at minus eleven point four a game. So they just, you know, when those three guys are all on the f- on the floor together, it's pretty rough for the Suns, which is strange to see out of, you know, two elite guards and a pretty elite big man. Um, so yeah, they need to work that out definitely for the Suns. Um, one thing about that is, I guess part of one of the issues with net rating is it doesn't account for the strength of the opponent's lineup. I guess in that I think when those three guys are on the court together, that'll be at the start of the game and probably just at the end of the game where they're playing against their opponent's best lineups. So I guess it's kind of, it's a little bit misleading in the fact that, um, you know, while those three together might not be particularly great, it's kind of like what it, what that stat says to me is they've got the depth to kind of be like a middle kind of team, if that makes sense, as in like their whole team isn't necessarily better than a lot of teams' starting lineups, 
but their whole team is definitely better than most other teams' benches, sort of thing. So they kind of fall in the middle of like a starter bench kind of team. It's almost like their team in itself is a sixth man, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do have a strong bench at the moment. A lot of the, uh, you know, good five man rotations have Cameron Payne or Cameron Johnson uh, in there with them. Uh, two really productive bench guys, and also Mikhail Bridges has been phenomenal for them so far. He's been super impactful, uh, just sort of filling his role as a defending the you know other team's best player, um, and you know hitting shots offensively. But I think. You know, obviously they are playing against the other team starters, these three, but, you know, you're going to see that in the playoffs and they need to make it start looking, you know, obviously they got a bit of time, they got 60 games left or whatever, but um, they need to start working on that and getting that chemistry together because come closing time towards the end of the season, it is going to be those three guys that you're going to be playing through. So if they're, you know, on the court getting, you know, pretty handily blown out by other other teams finishing lineups, then... You know, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter as much in the regular season because you are going to see a lot more bench guys. But yeah, in, in, a, in a conference finals, you might be playing against, you know, a seven, eight man rotation. And, you know, if that seven, eight man rotation features LeBron and AD, you're going to struggle a lot. Um, Yeah. So do you have anything else you wanted to add to the Suns? Um, they're still, they might be my favorite team in the league now because the heat have been pretty disappointing so far, but yeah, I'm still in love with the Suns. Um, and the, you know, their good start has only, uh, helped that more. Plus I've, I've come to love their bench guys so much. Cameron Payne's electric to watch and Cameron Johnson looks like a legit, like potential six man of the year candidate a couple of years down the line. He looks like he can do everything offensively right now. So they're a fun team to watch, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you and I kind of meet in the middle here because I think the Suns are now my <laughs> were were my favorite team while the Nuggets were really struggling. They've picked it back up a little bit this past week, but yeah, no, um, the Suns kind of took over as my favorite team for a little bit there. Um, why don't we both just jump ship and become Suns fans? <laughs> this will be the new Suns podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my heart breaks a little bit hearing that, but I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Uh, so anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's it. All right, let's get to my top three stats of the week. All right, I don't actually have three stats here. I have six. Um, three oh, of them, let's go, stat stuffers, baby. Three of them are mine. Three of them I saw on Twitter. I've kind of mixed those in together to make my six. So my three honorable mentions here are uh, this one I found. So Nikhilly Alexander-Walker had a 37-point game against the Clippers. Uh, unfortunately, his teams are 0-3 when he scores more than 20 points in a game. And they are 4-9 when he scores 10 or more. So kind of similar to that Norman Powell stat I gave you in the playoffs from last year, when Nikhil Alexander-Walker is playing and scoring, his team is bad. Yeah. Wasn't that Terrence Ross in the playoffs last year, that playoff stat? Yeah. Yeah, Terrence Ross, yeah. Uh, did I say Terrence? What did I say? You, you said Norman oh, Powell, but yeah, Terrence. Okay, right. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I feel like... <laughs> When Nikhil goes off, it's sort of a lot of his team is injured and he needs to put up stats. But um, so I could definitely see how his teams end up 0 3. But um, yeah, he he was on fire. He was having a great game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Andre Drummond had his 43rd game of his career with 20 points and 20 rebounds. He's currently third all time behind Wilt Chamberlain, who, according to Worldwide Wob on Twitter, has 589 such games. 
I couldn't find an official source on that, but I would believe it if you told me that Wilt had 589 20.20 rebound games. Um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but not counting Wilt, he is second all-time behind Dwight Howard, who has 51. So Andre Drummond very well could overtake Dwight Howard in the next two years in that kind of stat, which is pretty interesting. Um, and in terms of... So he with this game, he broke his tie with Hakeem Olajuwon, who had 42. So technically, it goes Wilt, Dwight Howard, Andre Drummond, Hakeem. Realistically, it goes Dwight, Andre Drummond, Hakeem. Um, and yeah. <laughs> with his 33 and 23... 33.23 rebound game uh, the other day. Uh, he's 16th all-time uh, in 30-20 games uh, with four. He was previously tied for 20th with three, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah so big rebounds. A lot of rebounds. Like, weirdly better than I thought he would be this season. He's been low-key good for the yeah. Cavs. Um, I mean, it's helping his trade value, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, the Cavs more are... the second rounder. <laughs> yeah, I bet the, the Pistons are regretting that a little bit. A little bit. It's just still one of the worst trades oh, in recent memories. Um, um, yeah, the Cavs are like kind of decent. <laughs> They're currently sitting seventh in the East with a six and seven record, which um, speaks to the East at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, Andre Drummond could be getting some real value back for the Cavs once he eventually gets moved. Because uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's on the horizon. Yeah, with Jared Allen now there, for sure. Definitely. All right. Uh, and the final honorable mention here is James Harden. This is via Stat Muse on Twitter. Uh, James Harden went four straight games without scoring more than 20 points. He had one 20-point game, but he didn't score over 20. That is his longest streak since 2012. He was then traded before the next game. So what that says to me is James Harden was traded because he's bad. Uh, yeah, that checks out statistically. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, it just wasn't performing, um, and they got him out of there. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that more speaks to him quitting on the Rockets, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, definitely. But, um, yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely made it up uh, in his first game with the with the Nets. Yes, yes. Finished with 32-12-14 for them uh, against yep. the Magic. So, I think he's a bit more engaged at the moment. Okay, uh, now the actual top three stats of the week here. Uh, Damian Lillard is the first player in NBA history to have 40 points, 13 assists, and zero turnovers in a game, which is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, not bad. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, yeah. Ho- hopefully this kickstarts Dame, because he's been a bit slow to start the season. But he has been, yeah. yeah that's, but um, yeah, hopefully kicks it into your MVP form that you had him at uh, before yeah. the season started. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, all right, number two is of players who have taken four and a half threes per game and played at least five games in a season, five of the top six three-point percentages of all time are from this season. And I noticed that because there's just been a few guys who have been absolutely on fire, uh, Seth Curry being the main one. But I saw that when I was seeing Jermichael Green knocking down a few threes. Um, I'm assuming that will change up a little bit as the season goes on, but five of the top six three-point percentages of all time on four and a half attempts per game this season. The only other one in the top six is Marshawn Brooks in 2017. Oh, 2017-18. I mean, that, make, that makes sense, obviously, with the way the league's going, but um, that's pretty, you know, that's good, that's good stuff to see. Uh, Jermichael Green in the list is impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Nuggets got a, a real one there. Uh, I, I, I didn't realize he was shooting four and a half threes a game. That's kind of absurd, actually. Yeah. to think about. Uh, 
Along with Halliburton. I didn't know he was yeah, getting Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Paul George, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry are the other ones. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize he was getting them up um, that much this season already. But he's been very impressive too, Halliburton. He might be the rookie of the year so far. Obviously, LaMelo Ball's been doing some you know, pretty impressive stuff, so he's up there too. But yeah, it's been a good rookie class so far. Yeah, yeah. All right, and the number one stat of the week. So this is via ESPN Stats at Info on Twitter. Uh, before the Thunder made their incredible comeback against the Bulls uh, on Saturday, teams that were up by 10 with two or fewer, two or fewer minutes left in a game over the last five seasons had a record of 2,930 to 1. They, In that situation, only one other team has lost in the past five years, and that was the Timberwolves, who got beaten by the Kings on January 27th of last year. So now they are... 2,930 and 2. Actually, that Nets game was like that. So maybe it's 2,931 and 2 or something like that. <laughs> uh, either way, it's just the Bulls being Bulls. <laughs> it's the Bulls being uh, the Bulls, yeah. To the Thunder, too. That's shout out like the Thunder, hor- yeah. yeah, shout out the Thunder. But that's kind of horrifying but impressive at the same time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a Bulls stat to lose a game like that. <laughs> But also yeah, a Timberwolves I mean, stat over the oh, other yeah. team. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's perfect. It's the Wolves. Um, but yeah, no. Um, like you, like uh, we both kind of said in our season preview, the Thunder, not going to have a great record, but they are going to be very competitive and they are competitive and they have an okay record. They're 6-6, six and six, which is tied for 8th. I was going to say, they're 500 at the moment. I mean, could they be, good, be a good team? Maybe. Uh, but yeah. Maybe. But... Um, uh, Definitely not going, yeah. yeah. Definitely not, yeah, the worst team ever. <laughs> no, no. All right. Uh, let's get to your plus minus of the week. So for honorable mention of my plus minus, uh, I've got Landry Shamit here, uh, who had a minus 17 in 16 minutes in a win over the Nuggets on Wednesday. That's interesting um, to see, yeah. That is quite interesting to see. Uh, yeah, just a little you know, classic big minus, big uh, oh, equal minus and equal minutes. A uh, little stat there for the honorable mention. He must have uh, not played in that third quarter because that's when the uh, Nets came back. They were down by like 15, 16 going into the third. Okay, and then so they he got back. benched then. So he probably yeah. played the first, sec- the first and second quarters, yeah. Well, it might have been the problem then. But, um, probably, yeah. Talking about not equal minuses in not equal minutes, um, Cody Martin with a minus 15 in only five minutes Oh, uh, oh. in the Hornets three-point loss to the Raps. Uh, that's tough to see. That is horrid. <laughs> to step on the court and get, you know, pretty much beat back off the court five minutes later. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that was the only, you know, if his five minutes came in one solid chunk there and we just never saw him for the rest of the night. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit, that's rough to see. Yeah. Uh, second, we have a Curry MVP stat. Um, Curry was plus seven in the one-point win over the Raps uh, on Monday, I think it was. Um, he was the only starter for the Warriors to be in a plus, and one of only two Warriors who played over 20 minutes to be in a plus. Uh, and, that, and he only scored 11 points in the game. I don't think he was the Warriors' leading scorer. That is crazy. Yeah, so it really just shows how much Steph means to the Warriors team. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. You could probably find games like this all over, you know, their dynasty run for the last five years or whatever, where he's just, 
it might not have the most impressive game statistically, but he just means so much to the, you know, when he's out there, he draws so much attention just you know, give it for easy points for his teammates. So, um, yeah, a little Curry for MVP stat there. And then okay. number one, I've just titled this random Thunder guys because this is such a weird stat. I don't know how this happened. Um, so we had Hamado Diallo, who actually, he had a, a maybe a career game uh, against the Nets on Monday. He had 25 points, three rebounds, four assists, and four steals. It was a plus 17 in only 23 minutes. So he just came out there and you know did his thing. But it starts yeah. to get weird after that. We've got Theo Maladon, who only had three points and five assists, was a plus 18 in eight minutes. Pokashevsky, eight minutes? Uh, 18, oh, was 18 it eight minutes, minutes was it? No, you minutes, said eight yeah. minutes. Right. No, 18 okay. minutes, yeah. Uh, Pokashevsky, who's been awful <laughs> this season, uh, at least shooting-wise, but you know he's the youngest guy in the league, so probably everywhere, uh, only had three points and three rebounds, but was plus 16 in 13 minutes. Uh, <laughs> okay. I haven't checked this statistically, but off off a gut feeling, that could be the best plus minus. That might be his first plus of the season. Probably, definitely his best plus minus because he's been pretty brutal. Me. I could check that. Yeah. Um, and then Kenrich Williams, who had zero points and two rebounds, was plus sixteen minutes in thirteen minutes. Uh, plus sixteen in thirteen minutes. So just random <laughs> what end of the game? bench guys. I have no idea. <laughs> I need to check the tape. And the Thunder had a 13-point win over the Nets. This was in a Nets game. Yeah. I don't know what happened. If they all played when KD sat and the Nets just <laughs> fell apart, but that happened. <laughs> yeah, but so like folks- they were out there. They were out there and they weren't doing anything, but they were still getting massive pluses. Yeah. So that is Pokershevsky's uh best best plus minus he's also at a plus 12 a plus 11 and a plus three but he's also at a minus two a minus seven a minus nine a minus 13 a minus 17 and a minus 22 so yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> definitely very a up and down. He's very up and down yeah. he's, he's got the highs and lows of a 19 year old <laughs> in the nba but uh yeah, yeah you know random th- thunder guys my number one plus minus of the week all right i like that one a lot um all right let's move on to our weekly bait watch So, Sadiq Bay, not a great week. His three-point shooting has definitely fallen back down to earth. So, he's had three stat lines here. Uh, he put up 12 points, three boards, and one assist. Uh, he shot two for six on threes in a 12-point loss to the Jazz, and he was a minus 10. He had 10 points and two boards, also two for six from three, in a nine-point loss to the Bucks, where he was a minus 16. And then he had five points, one rebound, one for three on threes in their 20-point win over the Heat, which finished just a couple hours ago or just an hour ago or so. Um, but he was still a minus two. So a very, very rough week. Finished five for 15 from threes. Overall, a minus 28 for the week. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's just coming back down to earth, you know. It's the yeah. rookie highs and lows. You know, he can't be a top-tier player in the NBA every week, you know. But, um, uh, yeah. Still rooting for Sadiq. You know, yeah, it seems like he's getting to, if he's only hitting two threes in those first two weeks, he's getting to the line a bit more. He's hitting some other shots. You know, that's good to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because he did have a couple of games last week where it was just all of those points were threes. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, he's got he's got a few other shots here and there. So, yeah, um, not the best week, but you know what, rookie, we'll give him a slide. I am interested as to why he's getting so few rebounds. I thought he was a better rebounder, but 
you know what? Again, just a rookie. Let's not let's not pile on him. Yeah, give, give him time. Give him time. Give him a break. All right, uh, let's get to our League Pass games to watch. So this is the segment where we just break down games that are coming up the next week that we think are worth watching. And Dylan, I want to apologize to you because I feel like I stole some of the best ones um, from uh, you. I, I always get to this sec- uh, second, so I, I'm always picking from the scraps per se, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I, don't like my, I still like my picks. I still like my picks. Okay. Well, my first one is the Warriors at the Lakers on Tuesday the 19th. So assuming this game goes ahead properly, this will be the first time Curry and LeBron have played each other since Christmas Day 2018. So it's been more than two years since they last played against each other. I feel Yeah, I feel like both teams, well, at least Curry, he wants to have a big performance against LeBron. Um, yeah. And LeBron against Curry. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely, this would be my pick of the week too. This has uh, got to be a fun game to watch. All right. Uh, your pick? Uh, also on Tuesday, uh, Nets at Bucks. Um, you know, the possibly the two best teams in the East going out for the first time. The Nets still trying to figure things out. The Bucks, you know, a bit more chemistry already set. Um, I think, yeah, I think Giannis wants to come out and make a statement. I think KD and the Nets want to come out and make a statement. Um, yeah, I think this is this will be a fun game to watch. Yeah. So, and that's on Tuesday the 19th. Did you say that already? Yep. All right. Um, okay, so my next game here is on Thursday the 21st. Uh, Nets at Cavs. So, Kind of a revenge game for Jared Allen and Torrey Prince. I should be there playing, of course. Um, you know, they've just been traded by the Nets to the Cavs. Let's let's see what they go out and do against their old team. I, I'm I'm expecting some big performances from them. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Jared Allen sort of go against Jondre uh, Jordan here. Uh, I feel like I've, Jared Allen could have a bit of resentment against Jondre for stealing Maybe. his starting job just because he's friends with KD Kyrie. Um, I feel like we could see Jarrett come out and just sort of uh, dominate against Jordan. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this game too. And the Cavs are like low-key competent this season, so yeah. it shouldn't be a massive blowout either. No, no, Ho- hopefully not. Maybe, I- I'm-, I'm expecting a competitive game. Yeah, me, me too, actually, me too. Uh, yeah, my second game, I've got uh, the Celtics at the 76ers uh, on Thursday, 21st. I feel, these are one of the, I feel like I've picked this game in another week. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, Look, there's I don't know, only I so like, many interesting combinations. That is true. I feel like, yeah, I'm just going for the, you know, the two top teams in the conference going against each other, especially this week. But, um, you know, those are always good games to watch. Uh, it bees a bit on fire. Hopefully the Celtics can play. Uh, it's later in the week, so hopefully they've all cleared their protocols by then. Maybe even Tatum will be back to play. Um, but yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah, all right. I'm 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 expecting another fun competitive game. Uh, one that's definitely going to have some playoff implications, for sure. For sure, um, yeah. Actually, do you want to do your, one as, your next one as well? Because it's on the same day. We've kind of got the same schedule as last week. We've got two on Tuesday, three on Thursday, and one on Saturday. But yeah, you want to do your other game on Thursday? Yeah, my other Thursday game is uh, Suns at Rockets. Um, Hopefully Oladipo's around to play this game. And uh, just to see the Rockets relax a bit, you know? Just to sort of get themselves ready for a big game against the Suns without having to worry about what Harden's going to do or how he's going to play or if he's going to be interested in playing. Um, I feel like the Rockets will have a new sort of confidence about them. And I haven't checked earlier in the week, but this might be their their first game against a, a 
quality team that I think they'll get themselves hyped up for. And plus, as we talked about earlier, the Suns have been uh, pretty good, pretty good so far this season. So. Yeah, and speaking of the Suns, they're also part of my pick. So Nuggets at Suns on Saturday the 23rd is my other pick. So the Nuggets and the Suns played against each other um, earlier this season. They It was a very tight game. It was a very, very competitive game. I believe the Suns eventually ended up winning by about three points. I'm excited to see, you know, the Nuggets are looking a lot more competent this past week. I'm excited to see them, you know, go out and maybe put on a bit of a show. A few fun matchups in that one too. Uh, Jokic Ayton and Murray and either Booker or CP, take your pick. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely that'll be a fun one for sure. All right. Um. So yeah, like I said, same same kind of schedule as last week. I think that's actually the exact same schedule we had last week: two on Tuesday, three on Thursday, one on Saturday. But yeah, um, take your pick of the Thursday games, especially. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, let's get to our over under of the coming week. All right, I'm I'm on the board. I am on the board. So <laughs> I set <laughs> the line. <laughs> I set the line of the Nuggets ranking uh, in defensive rating being 25 and a half. So I took the under, saying they would be 25th or better. You took the over, saying they would be tw- uh, 26th or worse. They finished 24th, so they scraped past and they got the under. So I'm now one and two. You are now two and one. What's your line for the coming week? Uh, so. Based off hard of the first game, you know, he's triple-double with the Nets. Um, and not knowing 100% when Kyrie will be back, I think we'll see a lot of uh, the ball in Harden's hand a lot of the time. Uh, probably being, you know, the de facto point guard of this team while Kyrie's out. Um, he put up 14 assists, I think, in this first game. So I've set his assists for the week at 11.5 a game for the Nets. Mm. All right, I'm just looking at who they're playing. So they're playing the Bucks. The Cavs twice, and also the Heat, depending on what time we record. They're playing the Heat next Sunday, so it depends on what time we record, uh, whether we'll know the result of that one. Uh, give, me, give me the over. I think he's just going to want to show off a bit. I think he's going to want to just be like, hey, look, I'm on this team. I'm a team player, whatever. I don't think he's actually much of a team player, but if he shows the assist, at least the casual fans will believe he's a team player. Yeah, so that's the thing. He can sort of go, yeah, you know, let me get my teammates involved, sort of. I think we see that a lot uh, when, you know, superstars go to new teams. They want to be the team guy, um, especially when, you know, they're not 100% familiar with the playbook and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I'll go the over too. Are we allowed to go? Are we allowed to match? I think I think we should match from time to time because one yeah, of us might I just feel- get screwed. <laughs> that is true. I, I don't know. I feel like... I said 11.5. I think that's a pretty good line, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, because those Cavs games could get pretty wild for, for Harden. Um, even though we talked about it, a bit competent, you know. You could still get big numbers up on the Cavs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, I'll go the under. I think it gets, like, okay. around 11. I'll go the under. Mm, just keep I was kind of hoping you'd stick with the over, because I'm very much not confident with my pick. Um mm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because, like, I kind of see him maybe just taking a scoring role against the Cavs, you know, going out against Sexton and Garland to really try to score on them. And, like, you know, Giannis will be on um, KD when it comes to the Bucks game. You know, is he going to be getting the assists there? I'm actually tempted to switch to the under now. Mm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this depends on Kyrie, too, if he comes back. Um, if Kyrie comes back, I feel like we could... 
I don't know. I feel like we could either see big unders or big overs if Kyrie comes back, depending on how hard and wants to fit in. Um, if he wants to be the lead, you know, ball handler and uh, ball handler and playmaker on this team, I don't know. I feel like we could see 15 assists <laughs> if he's, you know, feeding it to Kyrie and KD. But um, yeah, I'll st- I'll stick with the un- I'll stick with the under. I'm gonna switch to the under. I I feel like Ooh. I feel like this actually might. I feel like this Magic game might have been a bit of an anomaly, and James Harden just really wanted to show he's a team guy. I don't think guys are gonna be hitting shots at quite the clip they were uh, against the Magic. Like I mean, Joe Harris got quite a few shots, and he was he got quite a few shots of assists. He's playing really well. He might cool down a little bit. I don't know. I just yeah, and he's up against like Drew Holiday or Chris Milton. Yeah, give me the under. Give me the under. Okay, so we're both going under for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, that just about wraps things up for us, unless you had anything else you wanted to add on everything we've talked about or anything we've talked about, I mean. Uh, no, I think I think that's it. Yeah. All right. So if you ever do this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or a review. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at StatStuffers or on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers. You can email us at StatStuffers5 at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.